you know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And that music means it is time for us, us being those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith out on the practice tee. I got to do a little bit of trivia, and, and I apologize to our guest for making this the first thing out of my mouth. But, you know, Tiger Woods, his record in playoffs is 11-1. and one. Do you know who is the one person to have beaten Tiger Woods in a playoff? Take a guess, Jeff. Um, <laughs> a wild guess, Jeff. Wild guess? <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think there was this one guy was that was back in the day. He used to cut his putts, but you know, they all went in the hole. Right. Mm. Yes. That's the thing. Yes. Whether they liked it or didn't like it, they always talked like that was a bad thing. But that dude, he could really get it in the hole. So I'm guessing uh it'll come Billy to Mayfair. You. Yeah, that's Billy it. Mayfair. Billy and Mayfair. you want to know yeah. what a coincidence is? We happen to have the aforementioned Billy Mayfair in our studio as a guest right now. Billy Mayfair. Oh, come thank on. Thank you for joining us here on those weekend golf guys. <laughs> How the hell hey, are guys. you? Man? Good. How are you guys doing? You guys doing awesome? We're doing great. Oh man, we we sit around and talk about golf, so we talk a good game. You, on the <laughs> other hand, play a good game. So well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, you you've been a champion from the get go. You're a junior champ. Won what five times on the PGA Tour? Five. Yes, sir. Yep. And now you're yep. you're cutting it up on the uh, played golf. Your entire life has been playing golf and winning at golf, man. Mm-hmm. How how does that feel? I mean, it's 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 got to be an accomplishment beyond a lot of other things, I would think. Well, it's to, to play at the level that I have in my career, you know, to be on the PGA tour for over 25 years and now on the, on the champions tour out there to be with those guys. And like I said, most of those guys I, I played high school golf with or new and junior golf. I mean, I think I've known John daily since I was 12 years old. So, you know, we've all, we've, we've grown up together and, and we've all been together and, and seen things and, been through some tough times with all of their, everybody and, and, and we're a family out there. So it's just, it's just keeping the family going out there. But I think the biggest blessing for the champions tour for us is that it keeps us active. It keeps us uh, doing what we're used to doing. We're not ready for retirement. I'm 56 yeah. years old and I'd love to play till I'm 65 and, you know, just keep doing what I'm doing. I've done it for, like I said, for almost 40 years now. Uh, someone talked the other day, we talked about Tiger Woods beating him in a playoff. That was 25 years ago. Wow. And we still talk about it. People still want to talk about it. And it's yeah. an honor to me. I love talking about it. I, I put a smile on my face. And, you know, people always ask me about, you know, the, that great playoff with uh, Tiger Woods and Rocco. And everybody wanted Rocco to win. And I love Rocco, but I, I wanted Tiger to win because I wanted to keep that record, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who can blame you, right? <laughs> That's right. You know, and we were sitting there in Hartford. I remember watching it and everyone was cheering for Rocco. And I'm going... I got to cheer for Tiger. I'm sorry. And everybody understood, you know, and so did Rocco. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, right. you know, I, I wanted to keep that record. Forgive me for not remembering, but were you at the um, senior or the uh, champion store, the senior PGA uh, championship at the uh, French Lick Resort at the Pete Dye course up there? Uh, no, I was not. No. Okay. No, no. I, wasn't, I wasn't quite. Well, you got lucky. Got a yeah, got a got a Rocco That's story. That's got a I've Rocco heard. story for you. We were at the 18th green on the first after the first round when Rocco walked off, and we were sit, sitting next to the uh, ESPN guy who interviewed him, and and he's he had shot 81 on his first day, and he said, "I love Pete Dye golf courses," but Pete was angry, obviously, the day. He <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've I've heard some stories about that about that. That was a hard week. 
Yeah, it surprises me how brutal that golf course is. John and I played it together a handful of times, you know, and I've spent a long time in Indiana and I will take a day off teaching to go play the Pete Dye. Somehow, someway, I think that I have to have this challenge placed in front of me (laughs) once a year. It's unbelievable. I've not seen, if you're in the fairway, it's a really relatively painless golf course, but you miss it. And all of a sudden it's Billy Goat Golf. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you, there, there's nothing that resembles any sort of flat lie or anything that makes you get a club on the back of your golf ball. So if, if you're a straight driver of the golf ball, that golf course is playable. But if it's if you're not that straight, you are shooting 81 at the level <laughs> of a player that Rocco Mediate is. <laughs> well, we, we kind of got the brutal. same thing down in Desert Mountain. You know, Jack went out there in Renegade. He built that from the gold tees to the gold flags. I mean, I think the stroke average is 75. I don't think I've ever broken par on it. It's just brutal. And it's just one of those things. And you just keep going back up there because today I'm going to I'm gonna shoot better today. I'm going to do it today. Hey, we're golfers. You know, we're mm-hmm. not right. always the most intelligent guys in the world because we keep going back to some places that kicks our ass. <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's exactly what know, it is, right? So that, that's, so, that's the true golfer right there, you know? Is that where you live now? Are you living at Desert Mountain? Uh, no, we live in Scottsdale, but we, you know, I'm, okay. I'm, only, I'm 30 minutes from Desert Mountain, so we go up there quite okay. a bit. Is there yeah. a law that says professional golfers have to either leave, live in Scottsdale, Arizona, or Jupiter, Florida? Because it seems that's still the only two places in the world where they hang out or in the country where they hang out. Well, one, the weather's obviously, but Florida's probably the smarter place because there's no taxes there. Oh, yeah, taxes that's true. You know, if, a lot of guys are moving out of Arizona going to Nevada here. You know, yeah. because you have the same, but you just don't have taxes. So yeah. or tarantulas, uh, or tarantula. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's been uh, it's been chilly here. It's been chilly here in Arizona. It was really chilly last week in Palm Springs for us. So uh, it's nice to see that it's warm down there in uh, in Florida. Yeah. yeah, you don't see a lot of guys living in Palm Springs though. Even though it's really beautiful there, you don't see a lot of guys living there. Well, well, in California, taxes are brutal, and too the the the, the whole town shuts down at eight thirty p.m. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, you know, I've heard that. Sometimes you're not sometimes you're not even off the golf course, and you can't even go down and get a hamburger. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I've been in towns like that. But uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later on too about about something that has affected your life, your entire life, but you just found out about it. Just found out about it. Yeah, that has has got to have been strange for you yeah it, it, it was at first my, my, my wife and i've had a lot of discussions she kind of was the one that kind of got me wanted to go get tested for autism and uh, i've been now diagnosed with 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 high you know high functioning autism and mm-hmm. uh, uh it's it's changed my life it's changed the way i think think about things i've, I've changed my my diet for it i've changed you know my, my my exercise routine and 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 how i approach golf i think covid was kind of a blessing for me because it allowed me time here at home to, to work with my wife and with some doctors here to try to, to try to help myself manage it. You know, the one thing that's been really great is talking about it, you know, to like you guys on the air and speaking to kids and, and the people on the, on the tour, because I, I, I learned something new every day. And I think that, uh, the biggest thing for me is now I understand myself a little bit better. I understand why I, I, I love the game of golf. Uh, why I can go to a golf course and be out there for six to eight hours and, and, and practice and, and, and have no problems with that. Um, but it's also sharing it with other people so that they can help themselves and, and, and their kids along the way too. Do you think, have you, have you run across a lot of instances where kids, especially since you're working with them, the, the family knows maybe something's not quite right, but 
don't want to go and get that autism diagnosis? They, they, they're, they're, they're scared. They're, they're real scared of that word autism because mm-hmm. when, they, when they say autism, you think of Rain Man. Yeah. And they, they and they don't want to be into that that paragraph, and and that's not that's not what the situation is, is at all. I I think that uh, people who are diagnosed with high function autism have a gift. Uh, they're able to focus. They're able to do tedious things a lot better than other people because we have the patience, and we're going to do it until we get it right. And right. that's what's motivated me probably through my entire golf career is that I'm going to keep doing this until I get it right. And as you know, with golf, I mean, it changes every day. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, to, 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 to talk to young kids and, 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 and when they've been diagnosed or been told they have autism, that they can still live a normal, healthy, happy life and, and have an, a family and everything, um, their eyes, but it's really, it's really fun to watch the parents, uh, react because their eyes open it up because, as we have found out, there's just no help out there for for them. And that's right. what my wife, Tammy, and I are trying to do is help with our foundation is to help the siblings understand autism because they we, we don't know. There's all these books are written for autism, but there's nothing written out there for the siblings to help the, the, the kids or, or, or the grownups with the autism. Right. My wife's a perfect example of it. She had to grow up not just with me, but I think my son's maybe a little bit autistic too. She mm-hmm. had two of us she had to deal with. And there's no help out there for that. So that's what we're trying to to create. But I imagine that being able to uh, like be a role model for, for these people, you know, seeing, seeing you, yeah, autistic, yet still have risen to, you know, championship levels in, in your chosen career. And you also would, would love Jeff Smith's regimen for practice because he, he keeps telling me, don't do it till you get it right, John. Do it till you can't get it wrong. <laughs> Well, and, and that's true, and that's why I, you know, you can look at all great athletes. I mean, and, and CEO companies. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and speculate and, and say any names or anything like that, but they have to be a little bit maybe on that side because that's the way that the, the only way you can become great is sometimes at things is just by keep doing it and keep doing it, and you don't let anything else distract you. Yeah, let's uh, see. Well, you know, I, I have got ADD. A couple players. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple players. Some with the, on the ADD side. <laughs> And some that are on that hyper-focused side that they've decided in their life, they've chosen this and they want to be great at it. And they really grasp the notion that good players practice until they get it right, but great players practice until they can't get it wrong. And they really, when I say that to them, it's like I gave them permission to do it where they don't feel bad about having that be such a, a hyper-focused drive on this particular thing because they're like, well, that's what Olympian Olympic athletes do. That's what the greatest of the greats do. And it's sometimes I give that to some of the players that I've got. And it's like, I gave them free run at choosing to do that. And it's, it's great for them. They feel relieved. Like it's an okay thing. Mm-hmm. But, so, Jeff, um, I'm sure, but I'm sure in your case too, Jeff, sometimes when you have those students and those athletes, you have to teach them differently. You have to talk oh, yeah. to them differently. And and that's the hard part because um, you can't talk to everybody the same way, as you know. It just not just sure, being yeah, can't. but but when you when you have people who have autism high function, you have to talk to them in a different way so that they can understand and 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 and, and get what you're trying to get across. And it's very difficult. Yeah. Billy Mayfair is our guest. We're going to take a quick break and we are going to come right back. So why don't you just hang out with us? Because it'll be maybe, I don't know, two minutes or so. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't move. 
Every teacher, all the literature and the magazines will tell you how important it is to stretch prior to a round of golf if you want to actually get through the round of golf without pain. Stretching is also good for people who already have chronic pain. There was a dude named Dan Castle. He had a problem with herniated discs. He invented the Castleflex, and within a year of using it, his problems were gone. Amazing, right? Yeah, I want to tell you about Castleflex because it, it is amazing. It is a great little piece of equipment that is believed in by a lot of people. In fact, John Rahm, PGA's number one ranked golfer, uses it. In fact, the Titleist Performance Institute introduced it to all of their members after seeing John Rahm use it. What is Castleflex? Well, it's a patented device that allows the user to hold an easy-to-grip weighted brushed aluminum bar. Your foot goes into a specially designed foot hammock, and that pulls your toes, allowing your entire leg to get stretched. I have one, and I've used it. You just go to YouTube and look at all of the videos of the, the different kind of exercises they have to do. You can do it sitting up, laying down, standing. It's a great piece of equipment. It's a, it's a piece of gear you need because you need it and because you're listening to us. We're going to get you a deal. 10% off your order. You just go to castleflex.com and use the promo code WEEKEND10. C-A-S-T-L-E-F-L-E-X-X.com. That's right, two X's. And use the promo code WEEKEND10 for 10% off. Castleflex, it's the future of mobility. See, I told you we'd be back in a flash, and here we are, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Billy Mayfair. Yes, that Billy Mayfair, the PGA champion, five-time winner on the PGA Tour, now has has been diagnosed with high-functioning autism, which has always been there. It's not like you developed it late in life or anything. It's always been there, just that it was, I guess, so high-functioning that it didn't really manifest itself to that point, or is it just that our understanding of autism is just now getting to the point where we see what's going on with people like you. Well, I think it's becoming more of a more of a factor. I think people are are, are seeing it more. I think it, it's always been out there. I think I think people are trying to understand it more. In my in my situation, that I knew I was a little bit different. I that was what the the blessing for me was the diagnosis so that I could go back and and read the diagnosis and what the doctor said and 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 things started opening up to me. Started making sense to me. Why did I? have problems in school? Why did I have problems in certain classes and not others? Why did I study, you know, struggle sometimes in college with certain things, but not others? Uh, it, it opens the door and it, it, it kind of takes the weight off your shoulders a little bit. And, and that was the, the biggest blessing. But, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's, it's out there. And, 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 you know, it's like I said before earlier in our last segment that, you know, people look at autism as rain man and, and that's not the situation here no. at all. No. I've got a kid that I worked with for a long time. He's now in college and he struggles in college. He struggled in high school, but yet his IQ is just like off the charts and what he learned about himself and his parents, you know, had him tested and whatnot. And they found out that he's very much in the same situation. There's a way that he learns. Like you had mentioned in a previous segment, I have to teach them differently. So I find it very interesting because we have deeper level conversations about what's going on and how they could do it. And then I have them teach it back to me. I am stunned at this young man. He can teach me in the way that he's going about it and absolutely get it. And this kid is going to be a hot shot player right now. He's just flat out good, but very soon he's going to be a hot shot player. 
Billy, he knows more about Titleist golf balls and Titleist golf equipment than Titleist does. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yep. So in, in my indoor studio in Indiana, I had pyramids full of, full of golf balls and I was using Pro V1 practice balls. Every time, Bill, you probably know this, every time Titleist would come out with some new balls for the year, they send it to all their staff players in, in white boxes, white sleeves white with box. a white, yep. right? And so he was so into every one of the things. He could tell you more things about the dimple patterns on Titleist golf balls. So what I would do is when I would get my staff balls in, and I would put a sleeve of golf balls up somewhere on a shelf somewhere where I knew that he could pick up on it and he would run right to that box and he would look at the ball and say, they changed the depth of the dimples. So then what I decided to do is see how astute this kid is. I decided on the next time he was coming in that I would take three golf balls out of one of the pyramids and replace them with different brand golf balls. And he went right to him and pulled them out and said, why'd you do that? Like, wow, this oh, yeah. kid is so unbelievably focused on certain things. I mean, he's talking about the depth of the grooves on the, on the new wedges versus the old ones and what the process was different. I'm like, do you work for Titleist? Are you a <laughs> yeah. spokesman for Titleist? <laughs> now that means his senses are really are really high. It's something that he varies. He's very much into it, and and as just as your case, Jeff. I mean, you look back at some great athletes, and like I said, I'm not going to mention names, but the ones who really excel and do something have got great coaches with them. You know, there's someone in New England who's a quarterback there that that thrived because of their coach. You can look even back at Michael Jordan and, and uh, you know, the Bulls when when uh, the coach was there. Right. Uh, there's always that two-man show, and when you find that connection, you've got something very special there. And, and I think if you even look at Tiger Woods and Butch Harmon, I think they were both that connection. I was always disappointed to see Tiger and Butch kind of split. I know I don't never could quite understand that thing, but – uh, I think Jeff, you would agree with me. If he would have stayed with Butch, he would have the record right now. I agree with that. It, it's really interesting. Now, you know, we've all heard stories and we've all read stuff about why Tiger said that he left. And some say it was about how he was working his knee and that became a problem and he had to do something different. And we all know that there's always more to it and there's always a smoke screen out there of something. Right. So we'll, I'm not sure we'll ever know why any relationship goes bad. No, no. I, we, as you know, Jeff, because I, because I know you were out there too. I mean, Tiger and Butch were very close, and and for it to go raw like that, something something weird had to happen. And, and like I said, that's that's not our business. But I, if you look at, if you want to look at the great athletes, and, and even with autism, autism and all that, there's always that coach who understands that. And when you put those two together they become a deadly force. And that's that's yeah. what happened. Billy Mayfair is our guest here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. And uh, Billy, has people given any thought or come to you, approached you about using the game of golf to raise money for research for autism? Yes, they have. We, we, we've thought about some different ways. And as I said, we're, we're still trying to 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 find our right ways and, 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 and to get things fixed in, 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 in the right direction. And when you're still playing out there, things have to move real slow. You just, you sure. want to make sure you do it the right way. And uh, this is something that is very close and dear to both Tammy and I, my wife, and we've gotten such a great satisfaction and a gratitude from all this that uh, we're, we're going to make this thing go and, and, and make it work really well. 
Ernie Yells is involved in autism too, isn't he? Doesn't he have? Yes, yes. Children? Now his yeah. now his son is he he has low functioning autism and he's and he's more into the school systems and all that right. stuff. But Ernie and Lisa have done is is an amazing job. Do you think it's possible for someone to have the career like you have had without becoming a champion in it at an early age, without winning the junior tournaments and competing at a high level back that early in life? You know, I guess my question would be is I would I would have said when I first came out, I, I would have said I, I think you had to be very successful. I think you had to get into it when you were young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's maybe that's not the case now because the game has changed so much. You have a lot of good, great golfers who started late, who played other sports. When when we were playing golf as kids, you know, working out and staying in condition was a taboo. I mean, we yeah. didn't even have a fitness trainer. <laughs> Our first couple of years on tour, we didn't even have a fitness trainer out there. And now, thanks to Tiger, it's probably mm-hmm. the biggest reason. Now these kids are, if they don't play football, they're turning to golf. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you're seeing a different type of athlete out there. Uh, Brooks Kep was is a perfect example of that. Look at Jack right. Nicholas when he came out. It was Fat Jack. And now you got these kids coming out who are, are bench pressing and, and working out. And, you know, and I'm still doing it. I'm 56 years old and I still work out quite a bit because I want to stay in shape. It's just the demands on you are harder. But the, the, the golf game, the swing, the equipment is accommodating to those players. And, yes, I guess to answer your question is that a player who starts later in life, can become very successful and not play that much as a junior. I agree with that because when someone hyper-focuses on something and throws away other things that they're just not so in tune to, they can become amazing at it. I am stunned at that because I've got a, a young girl that I work with. She is now 15 years old. She beats the living pants off of everybody. She's this tiny little thing and she's <laughs> out there killing it. And she has this hyper focus and she basically decides when she's going to play her best golf. And it's always in the bigger tournaments. Billy, this kid, she's 15 years old. I've worked with her for four years now. She has 106 tournament wins and she's not playing St. Mary's School for the Blind. But this is the power of the mind. Right. But she, but Jeff, remember, she doesn't know that that to her is, is very normal. It's very normal. That's right. That's why, why she's going to be a great champion. That's probably the, 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 even with the perspective with the autism, I mean, the 106 wins and, and, and doing all that, that's normal. Hey, that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I do. To, yeah. That's what yeah. she does. And, and her last and, name is bunker. So she has no choice. <laughs> well, I, all I can think about that is, you know what? I would love to see on the LPGA tour a bunker name up there, a name that you can <laughs> pronounce. I'm I'm one who really encourages the young ladies to play. I think the opportunities are there, and as I said, the technology now you can get on. You know, you know how far you hit each club. You know, and the golf balls changed too. I mean, we, Jeff, we all know that we, when we were younger. I mean. We, yep. The ball was not nearly as good as it is today. And you can talk about metal woods oh. and you can talk about the irons and all that, but the golf ball is the factor that I think has changed the game the most. In my well, eyes. I think that, you know, if, if you want to bring up all the factors, right, we bring in the athlete themselves, which you already brought exactly. up. Right. Yep. And, and then there's the agronomy of, you know, the, where's the layout? How about the setup of the golf course? What tees do they have these players on that they can hit these speed slots and kick it down the hill? And next yep. thing you know, everything's a driver and a wedge. Yeah. Right. Yep. And right. So there, there's so many factors from the player to the ball to the, I think the rest of the equipment doesn't even come close to the effect that it's had on the great players um, than the ball did. I think that's the number one equipment 
related thing that has made the big change. But- that too. And, and too, you got to remember too, that, you know, when we came out of college, high school and out of college, no one thought you, if you came out of college and listen, I won a lot of amateur tournaments. I, I won the amateur and all that. But when I turned pro, I wasn't thinking of winning. You were thinking about keeping your card. You were thinking yeah. about trying to make a living out there. And in five, six years, maybe you can win a tournament. These kids now come out of college and they're ready to win on the PGA Tour and on the LPGA Tour. It is a completely different mindset out there. And Bill, do you have time to hang with us some more? Absolutely, guys. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. We'll take a quick break and then we will come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang out. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Hi, this is John Ashton, and I am looking to eat better this year. If you have made the resolution to eat better this year, we have a deal for you that's going to make it so easy and delicious. It's called Green Chef. They are the number one meal kit for eating well. No matter what kind of lifestyle you're looking for, let's say keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, even gluten-free, and whatever you choose, you can get it through Green Chef. Now, the recipes feature organic produce, premium proteins, sustainably sourced ingredients. And you know that if you do this Green Chef meal kit deal, you will reduce your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping. You need to go to greenchef.com slash weekend60 and use the code weekend60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash weekend60 and use the code weekend60 to get 60%. That's 60% off plus free shipping. And it is us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Billy Mayfair has graced us with his presence. He is here, and we thank him for hanging out with us here on those weekend golf guys. Billy, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell Jeff a story today, too. Uh, I played golf just a couple days ago. One of my pet peeves happened, and I hate it when this happens, but there was a foursome in front of us. Three guys who were relatively decent, and one guy who obviously was rather new to the game. They all were playing from the blue tees. None of them should have been playing from the blue tees, especially the fourth guy who was lucky to get past the women's tees on his drives. I mean, it was embarrassing. And he was getting frustrated because we had to wait for them at every tee. I was so much tempted to just walk up and say, hey, guys, cut this man a break. Let him play from the tees at which he can play. You could see the frustration building in him. You could. And, and you know what's nice out there on the tour now a lot and, and on the Champions Tour, and I don't know if so much on the PGA Tour, but we, we play a shamble and where everybody hits the drive and they take the best drive. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps. One, it definitely helps play pace of play. Yes. Because on the par threes, you take the best putt, you know, you take the best shot. Hopefully on the green, you all putt and you get out of there. So that speeds it up. Right. But if the guys can get off the tee, and get in the fairway, at least they feel like they're part of the group and all that. I, I Listen, I was on the board for, for eight years on the PGA Tour, and the, one of the things I wanted to go away was that rough cut off the tee box. The tee down to the fairway, which was about 100 yards, 150 yards, I said, let's mow that and let the amateurs get to the fairway because you play with these poor amateurs on Wednesday, and they couldn't get it to the fairway because that rough would stop it. And I got, I, I got shot down so fast because it's supposed to be the image of it. But – I think the shamble really helped the game move. I think it allows, at least when we're out there playing, at least keeps everybody kind of involved and happy. And, and yeah. most importantly, it keeps, you know, pace of play going. 
And, and but the whole the whole macho attitude. I don't know what we can do to to overcome this macho attitude. Like because these guys were all like twenty somethings. You know, it's like I'm twenty. I should be playing from. No, you shouldn't. You should be playing from where you can hit the ball to a place where you can get on the green in your second shot if it's a par four. You know. Well, sometimes in Europe they 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 send them the marshal or the or the president of the club out there and tell them they have to move up or they'd be removed. So oh, yeah. you, you don't want to have that happen. I mean, you guys are supposed to be out there having fun and. Yeah. And enjoying themselves and the game has grown so much and it's gotten so popular we don't want anything negative out of it but and i've actually seen scorecards where they have the tee boxes you should use based on how old you are it should be how how well you can hit the ball how well you, you hit know, the ball it's not the right carry ball. distance right yeah if you can get yeah. it out there 220 then get up get up one more tee if you can get it out there 240 then okay you can go back to this other tee but yeah you know if you can if you're playing golf a regular guy out there playing golf and if you don't have a seven and eight, a nine or a wedge in your hand coming into the greens, you're not having any fun and you're playing slow. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. You start having putting six irons on up in the regular Joe's hand after he hits his tee ball. Now they got trouble. Now you've got guaranteed lousy golf and you don't want to be playing behind them. I just and another thing Jeff and I talk about a lot too is is the the length of time in the downswing you have to make adjustments, which is nil. You have you have no time. Um, nil. Nil. I, I I I gotta tell unless, you unless you're, unless you're Charles Barkley, then we don't anyone don't want well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you can do it. Then you can do a wall. I've seen that too many times. You know? <laughs> I bet you have. I was. I heard I that got a lot better, Billy. I heard that changed and got a lot better. The the little. Oh, let's call it a hitch for a lack of a better term. <laughs> I heard that got better. Have you seen him recently? I've seen him recently. Um, Is it no. true? <laughs> no. No. I love the guy that we play golf together quite a bit, and he's 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 one of the nicest guys in the world, and he'll give his shirt off his back tee. He really would. But Hank Haney really messed him up with his backswing, and and. Uh, because he was pretty good up to that point, but uh, I, I, we're going to be nice. He still has that hitch. Let's say that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's a shame. Well, yeah. I heard wrong. <laughs> heard wrong. I was I was on a par five. Left, it's still it's still right. entertaining though. Trust me. So. Oh, it is watching him. Um, and I had one of those situations where I was I was hitting my second shot. It was a fairway wood, and as I'm swinging, I go, "This ball is too far forward." Of course, I was already in the downswing, so I had no time to change anything. <laughs> but it it was too far forward, and I hit it, you know, too high on the ball, and it never got more than maybe twenty feet above the ground. But it sure went a long way. It hit the water that was in front of the green and skipped up onto the green, rolled about twelve feet from the pin. I mean, luckiest wow. shot in the world. Okay, and you, you know do that at sixteen at Augusta, and everybody's clapping. I know, I know, you know, you get, you get YouTube and videos and stuff, but it was about a 12 foot putt. And you know how you always say that you judge putter by how long their second putt is. Yeah, that's right. I had a 12 foot putt and I hit 11 feet, 11 and a half inches directly (laughs) in the heart. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So in that case, it was a decent putt. Decent putt. (laughs) But again, Decent. <laughs> blew a birdie. But anyhow, that's it's all just, right. It's, hey, it's, it's, Billy, it's, it's, I want to ask you something about your putting. Okay. Has it changed over the years, or have you left it alone? Um, 
it has changed over the years. Unfortunately, I've, 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 um, I, 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 I kind of, I had when I when I got on tour, I had the, I guess, I mean, uh, Gary McCord had it. So it was we call it the rockabilly, and right. uh, I took the blade kind of outside and kind of cut across it and all that stuff. And I played very well as a junior. And 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 you have to remember something. My eyes, it was straight back and straight through. That's just the way my eyes sure. worked. And when I did not win on the PGA tour right off the bat. And I finished second a few times. I thought that I had to make some changes and I changed the putter. And to this day, it's probably the one thing that's probably hurt me the most. I wish I could get back to the rockability stroke a little bit more, but I'm just not able to do that. Uh, in fact, I'm with a long putter right now. Um, right. I will say that I sleep better at night with the long putter uh, than I do the short putter. Um, right. I think as Jeff, as you will say to most of your students, I mean, when you leave the golf course, you want to leave it at the golf course. You don't want to take it home. And I've never been right. one to put balls in the room or, or take wedges or putters back to the room. I fear once you leave the golf course, you, you leave it at the golf course, but, um, right. it's, it's, it's a confidence standpoint. Uh, I look back and I wish I would have stayed with the, the short putter would have stayed with more of a cut putt. Uh, but I didn't, I tried to get better. Uh, and it kind of backfired on me a little bit. Uh, but you know, I, I still work hard on my putting. I still think I'm a pretty good putter, but, uh, when you don't win, that means you're not putting good enough. It's it, 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 everybody hits the ball good out there, Jeff. I mean, you, you, you see yeah. that, uh, some guys will hit some wedge shots a little bit closer and, and have shorter birdie putts every once in a while, but it's the guy and, and the gal who, who not only putts well, makes lots of birdies, but makes those par putts that that keep you going you could be four or five under par and you make a 10 footer for par and now you're really going because because you just say par and now you go birdie the next three holes because of that so um it all yeah, comes down, it all comes down to, and you look at you know david toms uh, i know that he changed some putters uh he changed his putting stroke and, and he's won twice this year on the champions tour so um you know the the putter is still you know you putt for the dough that's that's it's yeah. that old yeah. funny thing but it, it is true Hey, Billy, do you ever have guys approach you with suggestions? Like, I mean, bona fide coach slash teachers type people. All, all the time. All okay. the time. I, I guess the one that I, 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 I was fortunate to play a little bit with Tom Watson when he was still playing. And we played together the, the last two days at San Diego, at Torrey Pines. And I'd never seen a ball, ball hitting exhibition in my life than what Tom Watson had. I mean, I don't think he ever had a putt outside of 15 feet at Torrey Pines. And as mm -hmm. we all know how good – Tory is and he and That's he amazing. hit a lot of good putts and it never went in and we were we were sitting around at bay hill in, in the locker room there at bay hill and in in 10 minutes i think six or seven guys came up to, to, to tom and said hey i'm gonna put this in your locker for your putting and, and tom would just say yeah you know and he just looked at me he goes i'm such a good putter no one even knows it so <laughs> in tom's mind he always knew that he was right. but yeah there, there's you know, people look at stats, people, you know, it's just as I said, when a person hasn't won in a while or they're not playing well, uh, it's usually not the driver or the, or the irons. It's usually he's just not putting very well. Yeah. 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 You know, and that goes a lot to, you know, a handful of things that I talk to people about, you know, their ability to read the greens. I think there's an awful lot of people who are, oh, let's say overconfident in their ability <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> that they that they don't read it nearly as well as what they think they do and then they always blame the stroke and it might not be the stroke or it might not be the you know maybe the face angle is really good but their decision on where to hit it is not and they they rarely believe that about themselves it's amazing to me 
it, it's amazing. And, and Jeff, like I said, I'm sure that you've seen, to me, a person makes or misses the putt, not because of the blade. I think speed has a lot to do with it, but I think your eyes are the one thing yep. that you're putting. Um, I obviously learned a lot. I, I worked a lot with Dr. Bob Rotella and looking yep. at our targets, looking at that type of deal. And, you know, um, when I was putting real good, I was always, when I putt well, I'm usually more into my target and trying about trying to make putts and worrying about the stroke. Yeah. Yeah. One of your superpowers was your putting. It probably was. So let's, let's talk about yeah. that more in depth when we come right back, okay? We are those weekend golf guys. Got to take a quick break. Be, be back. Hang out. Don't go away. Do you use golf for your business? Should you use golf for your business? Would you like to use golf for your business? Back Nine Advisory Board on Facebook. Go there. It's absolutely free. Join them. We are back some time yet together this morning. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Billy Mayfair has graciously hung out with us. Talk about uh, putting is is almost half of the game. It's like 40% of all your strokes should be a putt. And it's important. And as you have said on multiple occasions this morning, and Jeff has said on multiple occasions in the 12 years we've been doing this, if you putt well, you're playing well. If you're not putting well, you're not going to score well at all normally. Is that what you practice most? as a professional or for me i almost to the point now where i'm 56 years old i can't go to the range i can't hit there hit balls like i was when i was 22 years old i, yeah. I still hit a lot of wedge shots i do a lot of chipping but I, I love to putt when i'm home i have my own little i mean around a tpc scottsdale i have my own little area i can go putt and no one bothers me and all that so so i work a lot of time with my putting but again it's it's also a little bit physical with me because i said at my age i don't want to stand out there and hit drivers I, i'm not the corn fairy guys it can yeah. be 56 <laughs> drivers if i did that i can't walk home that night you know it, it still all comes back if you go back and you look at the greatest players in the world jack nicholas tiger woods you know we were just i just mentioned david toms he's hot right now because he's all putting well those are the guys who can putt i mean when i played the pga tour tiger woods and phil mickelson were number one and two in the world and they were the worst ball strikers on tour but why were they the best players because they could chip and put the ball out of their minds yep well, I mean, we watch it. You watch where Phil and, hit, and Tiger hit some of their shots. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. But they got it close. They made putts and they scored. That's what made them great. And I think sometimes yeah. people forget about that. They're so into making the perfect golf swing and executing a certain shot. You know, we're out there to score. At the end of the day, 66 still beats 67 no matter what you do or, or 72 <laughs> beats 73. And, and that's what made Tiger and Phil Mickelson so great because uh, if they could not have chipped and putted, Phil Mickelson would have been selling cars for his whole life. That's, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. So. He'd probably been selling Lamborghinis. <laughs> <laughs> the way he could talk, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah I was going to say, he's, he's the guy that's going to be the number one McLaren uh, salesman <laughs> in that dealership in Scottsdale. I that's guarantee true. you. Yep, yep, for sure. But I mean, okay, Jeff, I could... you see all these kids now out there, and, and, and as you were talking when you work with these young kids, they all can hit the ball so well, and the, the equipment's so good, and the golf ball, and all that as we talked about. That 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 person who can putt and, and chip and make those putts under the gun. Raymond Floyd was one of the best I ever saw. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when when Boy, he you had want to talk? Putt, There's the guy. Had to make the putt. Yeah. There's a guy wow. who might have been one of the best pressure putters. I mean, you know how hard it is to make a putt for a Ryder Cup. I mean, it's hard yeah. enough to, to make a putt to win a golf tournament, oh, but but now you're trying to win for the United States of America, boys. That's pressure. <laughs> in yeah. 1986, I was at the Bell South Classic in Atlanta, 
And mm-hmm. I followed the twosome of Fuzzy Zeller and Ray Floyd. Mm. Not only was it some of the best golf I had ever seen, but it was the funniest 18 holes I had ever been witness. You know what? I mean, everybody knows how funny Fuzzy is, but not very many people know that Ray Floyd absolutely can make your side split. Oh, he could give it back to Fuzzy. He was hanging with Fuzzy one-on-one, man. It was great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, and everybody knows Ray Floyd for the the, the hyper focus that he had. You know, they they always focused it on the stare, right? But man, you want to talk about a guy who's magic under pressure around the greens? Ooh, yeah. There's one. He's high up on people's list if they've watched him play or played with him. They get it. That dude get when it. he was in his prime. Wow. Yeah. Look out. Yeah. It, it look out. And and if it was a pressure putter, he needed to make a putt. And, and he did. And you also have to remember, as you know, Jeff, too, the greens back then weren't as good as they are today. They're not as smooth as yeah. they were today. And he had those big, you know, zebra mallet putters. And yeah. uh, boy, he just rolled the ball right on in. And it was always fun to watch. Yeah, I saw I a thing it. the other you know, day that said the stint ratings on, on um, PGA tournament greens back in the 80s were like 7.6 and stuff. Yeah, um, that's I read that, too. Yeah. Now, now it's what now, now 12, 12 and 13 12 and a half, something like that. Well, 12 and 13, but yeah, I remember the thing that keeps them going is when you roll it, when you get those rollers, yeah. Up, yeah. now you get those greens and, and on a, for us on the champions tour, it's fantastic because we only have 78 guys in the field. Yeah. And you're only going to, I only got 77 guys that are going to walk on the screen other than me today. You know, that, that keeps the golf course in really, you know, the greens really in, in great shape. Billy Mayfair has been our yeah. guest on those weekend golf guys this week. And, and Billy, are you doing anything um, official about the, the autism thing? Do you have, have an official uh, organization well, or anything you're working with right now? It's just Billy Mayfair.org uh, okay. uh, to go out there and, and talk about it right now. And as I said, as time goes along, we're going to get more stuff out there and, 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 and we're really, our focus is to help the the family members understand autism better and to uh to help deal with with the, the people who have autism have a lot of stuff to help with but we're trying to help the, the siblings in, in the process is is there a, a an affinity with autistic children specifically for is golf therapeutic do you think absolutely be? because well for golf it's one of those very few sports where you can go out to the golf course and have your golf clubs and a bucket of balls, and you're all by yourself. Right. You don't need teammates. You don't need a, uh, to get five other guys to have a game. Right. Uh, you know, you can go out and if you know, like I did, I, I'd go out in the middle at four thirty in the evening and go play nine holes all by myself. And you're out there all by yourself. That that was always great therapy for me. And that's what one of the things that woke me up. I said, why did I enjoy that so much? Mm-hmm. You know, most kids don't mm-hmm. want to do that. They want to be around a team and they want to be around kids and all that. I'd rather have been out there all by myself. And that was just my, my, my brain hyper-focusing on what I wanted to do. So the shameless self-promotion at the moment is just BillyMayfair.org, right? Dot org right now, yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, you know, any, anything that uh, you ever want to tell the world, we're here for you, Billy. Give well, us a thank holler. You. Love to thank have you, guys, you with us guys. anytime you want to be here. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And, and to you and Jeff, uh, thank you. Because, you know what, the game of golf is supposed to be fun. And and sometimes you get on radio shows and, and do stuff. And and they're always looking for the dark side. They're always looking for something negative. And golf is not supposed to be negative no. and, and all that. And uh, we have a wonderful game. We have a gentleman's game. Golf is a gentleman's game. And people forget that sometimes. And 
we're the we're the unique ones in that we have the gentleman's game and, and that's why golf is always going to stay strong and, and and people are going to be happy to play it definitely well is. said definitely well is. said as long Thank as we got guys like you coming up and, and continuing the traditions and uh and everything else billy it's going to be well, great and and continued success and uh, and right. good luck on the on the tour if that's not you know jinxing you any no not at all in fact <laughs> you know what i figure i got a couple of weeks off and then i go back and win and, and then i'll come right back on the show if i win i'm going to be all over you guys trust me uh, hey <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> it's about time that's we had some winners right <laughs> that's right exactly that's right oh and by the way i also want to point out billy that uh speaking of winning um, we came in second in a national uh, international competition um, for golf shows. So we are officially the second best golf show in the world. That's so, awesome. Hey, hey okay, be you. careful about that, John, because we got beat out by Sky Sports. Right. A multi-million dollar company. Yes. That has a lot more influence on the on the voting block than we did. Yes. So, and you got to remember something too. Sky Sports is usually Canada and all, and up there up north where it's snowing half the time. Yeah. So what do they else? know about what golf? Yeah. What do they know about golf? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jack. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's uh, awesome. so, Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was a lot. It's a lot of fun, right? So we're gonna get. So here's what we want you to do, Billy. When it's time for us to come around again, you know, for the the voting and all that stuff. We're going to have you back on the show and we're going to get all your people that you know and say, you got to vote for these guys because okay. we want, we want a trophy on the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> you want and that, you want that gold, uh, that gold radio announcer thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. that's right. We want to have that. Hey, Jeff, you know this, you fight. It's all about the trophy, you know? Yeah. You right. Know, you know, everyone talks about how my wife, you know, has more, bigger trophies and more trophies than I do and all that. And I said, yeah, but you can't eat the trophies. You know, they are right. nice, but you can't eat trophies. You, you have to win money in order to eat. So uh, that's, right. <laughs> that's why it makes the game. The game is so great. It is. It is definitely it is. great. And we appreciate it. And I um, also want to talk just one one little thing. Just want to throw out there that uh, I had the opportunity being a, an old uh, aging, decrepit uh, radio personality uh, was asked to uh, to guest on a podcast about old aging radio personalities. Uh, <laughs> it's called Talking About Radio with John Leslie, and we had a great 30 to 40 minute conversation. Um, just go to buzzsprout.com and do a search there for Talking About Radio and throw my name out there if you want to, and uh, you'll probably find out where to find it but it was a great uh, 40 minutes it was fun and um get a little inside official inside radio stories inside radio, radio. so anyhow it was a fun thing and i appreciate john leslie inviting me on to do that billy i appreciate you guys coming on with us more than you'll ever know and again uh you don't even have to wait to win to come back on anytime just give us a holler all right thank we you guys thank it. you very much congratulations really, thank you absolutely jeff thank yep. you so much we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon we're running and each other. I hope so. And yep. the advice of, of the pro teacher and the pro player, move up a few tees. Make it fun. <laughs> golf should be right. fun. Keep that in mind next time you go out and play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.